I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Work Stories is a place for women of color to share their experiences in the workplace. We're no longer whispering these stories to our best friends and partners and then shoving them to the backs of our minds and just dealing. We're talking about bias, equal pay, bad bosses, racist hiring practices, and all the crazy things your coworkers have done or said to you. This is a safe place to tell those stories. The floor is open, y'all. We are telling it all. Season two of Work Stories is starting right now. Welcome back, y'all. And special shout out to any new listeners out there. I'm so happy to have you here to digest and dissect and even laugh a bit about the varied experiences of Black, Brown, and women of color at work. I'm so excited to tell you about our first guest of the season. Her name is Jasmine, and she's a stand-up comedian and TikTok sensation with about 1.7 million followers. I first saw Jasmine's skits about working in the White House and realized she made a lot of videos about being Black at work. Those videos were not only hilarious, but super relatable. Let's talk to Jasmine. Yeah, so once again, thank you for joining today. Okay, so I'm not sure if everybody listening knows who you are. They should. But can you briefly introduce yourself for the audience? Yeah, my name is Jasmine W. I'm a stand-up comedian and content creator. Some people say I'd be influencing people. I don't know if I do or not. I don't know if that's been proven, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, I've been doing stand-up for seven years. I write. I'm an actress, but I also have been, you know, on TikTok and social media creating content for quite a while, but you know, my TikTok's blown up over COVID and stuff like that. So that's how most people know me. Yes. I think the first video I saw of you, it was when Trump was still in office, but you were getting his papers together to leave. <laughs> you yes. and those papers. Yeah. <laughs> girl, give me that girl. Cause you out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. people, I'm sure people have seen those or like when Biden took office or whatever, I feel like those yeah. were, you know, particularly in this political era where it feels like that's all we were talking about for at least six straight months. (laughs) Yeah. It felt like way longer than that, but yeah, we were, we were really interested during that time because it was the election time. So, yeah. Yeah. So tell us, I guess, how you started off in comedy and creating content around it too, right? Because it's more than just doing yeah. stand-up when you're actually also doing these videos, which people who don't do them don't realize they take so much work. <laughs> you know what? They do take a lot of energy and like thought process. But girl, I'm so lazy. People will be like, do you write scripts? I'm like, no, I improvise all my videos. I don't write scripts for them. You know, yeah. I just do them over and over until I think they're funny enough. 
So I'm like, yeah, some of y'all probably be working really hard, but it, you know, not to, uh, you know, no shade or nothing, but you know, if I have a funny idea, I try to be like, oh, wait, write it down and be like, okay, let me just execute it one day. But I started in comedy because, you know, I went to school for broadcast communications and then I moved to San Francisco and I knew I wasn't going to be a newscaster in San Francisco. I kind of moved with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And was like, I don't, I'm from Texas and I don't want to live here no more because I grew up here. I went to college here. I'm done. So yeah, when I moved to San Francisco, I was, you know, I signed to a commercial agency. I knew I wanted to do entertainment stuff, but I was like, what can I do at night? Because I was leaving work to go to auditions during the day and trying to pretend like I only took a 30 minute lunch and I've been gone for two hours. (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) Okay. When you top talent, you can do that. People don't question you. (laughs) So yeah, I started doing stand up at night and, you know, I just kind of fell in love with it. That was like over seven years ago, probably closer to eight years ago now, but yeah, like seven years ago. And I didn't really start creating content online because until like maybe like five years ago, because I was like, I'm a real comedian. Like I want to be a real stand up comedian, not just a online person that does skits you know I really appreciate the art artistry that goes into stand-up and and how difficult it is but honestly when COVID happened like I would create videos every now and then I thought were pretty good but you know a thousand people followed me who cares (laughs) but when COVID happened I and you couldn't do stand-up anymore because things shut down I was like I guess I'm an internet comedian now girl because guess what everybody is exactly (laughs) So yeah, I just got on TikTok. I knew people, I knew you could grow your audience pretty fast on there. And I was like, let me just see what people like. I'm just going to kind of show my personality, my point of view and see what people gravitate towards. And that's how I ended up here. Yeah. So tell us more about this inspiration for the Black women at work. I feel like you have a series kind of around it, like what it's like to be a Black woman in the workplace or a Black person in the workplace. Yeah. What? What is the inspiration around that? Did those things really happen to you or are you kind of gelling some other things together? Well, I mean, when I moved to San Francisco, I started working in tech. Mm. I started working at startups. I started in customer support, actually. And then I would train people and hire people on that team. And then I moved to marketing really briefly. And I was like, oh, I hate this. It was direct to consumer marketing. So a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's basically when you up at one o'clock in the morning. And you see the numbers on the screen say, call right now for 10% off of the, I would work with companies like to help with their marketing campaigns. And I was like, this is, why am I doing this? This is so, I don't even care. This is complicated. I don't even care about this. But I was like, oh, I really like working with people. So I got a recruiting coordinator job because I was like, oh, I had this previous experience hiring people and training people. Um, And so I started a recruiting coordinator job. And then ended up being their HR person, their immigration person. And I started doing all this. And then I got an HR specialist job. And then I became HR manager. Before I became senior manager, I was about to get another promotion. And I quit that job to do comedy. I knew when I got that promotion, I would be, that would be the life that I've chosen to work in corporate America. So all of those videos, you know, I'm married to a black man. My parents worked in office jobs. So I have a lot of experience. It's mostly my own experience, but it's my friend's experience. Sometimes it's my spouse's experience working in corporate America and the stories like, let me just tell you what happened on this call. You know what I mean? Like true things, you know, and I 
it's crazy. Like when white people watch my content, they're like, this can't be true. This, this <laughs> definitely didn't happen. Uh, yeah, it did. And of course I exaggerated because if I didn't, it wouldn't be funny. It would just be a sad story. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I have to make us laugh mm. while talking about it. So it's a bit, sometimes it's not even that exaggerated, but sometimes it is, you know, because I think it's funny to exaggerate it a bit. Mm. So those stories be real, girl. You can just tell by the comments, you know, how black women and black people relate to the videos that this is not shit that we're making up. Right. Yeah, it's almost like you'll be hitting the nail right on the head. Sometimes I'll watch a video and the thing just happened to me like two days before. And I'm like, are you over here with me? So yeah, super relatable. But what I talk about on Work Stories a lot is Black people often make jokes about our pain. Yeah. We have to do it to make ourselves feel better, to be able to get through each day. So it's like the perfect representation of like, I'm laughing so I don't cry. <laughs> Basically. Like, that's really what we do. It's like a cultural thing that we do. And it's probably unhealthy, but we, we're not going to stop. <laughs> we can't stop. That's just how we're wired. And it works, I think, temporarily just to get through the day, just to like, especially if you have a family, like take care of who you need to take care of. And then eventually you need to have your moment, but it doesn't always need to be in the moment, particularly because we know how to turn up to when it's um, sometimes not time. So <laughs> at least for me, I just be laughing just so I don't go off. <laughs> In my family, we everybody always says, oh, we're inappropriate because we laugh at things that yeah. shouldn't be laughed at, you know? Um, so that's how I like to, you know, yeah. my comedy. Super real. Yeah, your presentation is great. So tell us a little bit about how you were actually treated at these startups and in your HR roles. Are there any experiences you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, there are just so many things. You know, I had a couple of good bosses too. And without their leadership, I would not have been as successful. Even in me being an entrepreneur right now, those are some good experiences, but I had a lot of terrible experiences, like especially working at startups. That's why it's funny when you get on tech TikTok and all the black girls are like, I work at Google. Let me tell you how fun it is. Girl, there's a lot of unfun things right. about working at Google. I think the most interesting thing about being a black woman at work is the energy that you have to put into being a different person all day for at least eight hours a day for five days a week. You know what I mean? And white people are always pretending like they're trying to solve that problem. Like, how can you be authentic? Jasmine, I don't want you to feel like you have to be different, but I do have to be different because of like internalized racism and biases and the way that you would treat me if I was myself. Like, I think I was as authentic as I could have been at my job. I was pretty authentic, but I still spent a lot of energy being likable and tolerant. Mm. So that was like the first thing I would say about my experience. And then girl, I've been sexually harassed and I, I don't even, I haven't even made a video about that because I'm trying to figure out how I would make a video about, but you know, like somebody in senior management tried to kiss what? me one time. Yeah. I've had been out with employees and everybody's like super drunk and that experience. Cause you know, you're trying to bond with them, but you, you just looking at how everybody's a hot mess because you never get but as drunk as everybody you can't. else. You can't. good. <laughs> Okay, you know, I've had people say off the wall things to me about my head wraps that I would wear to work. You know, I guess the story is one time I had a contractor, I was an HR business partner. So imagine sitting in an office as a contractor in HR's office, which some people consider like an authoritative role within the company, right? Mm -hmm. 
there was like a contractor that wasn't my contractor. Like his HRBP was across the country, but because he was in my office, I noticed he didn't have the things that he needed. And this was a white guy. He was <laughs> ugly too, girl. Like Not just ugly and rude. Ugly. <laughs> Ugly, rude, you know what I mean? Just, and so he was very socially awkward Mm. and rude. So when he came to my office, I was like, oh, let me talk, let me call your manager up. Let me get you situated. I just want to let you know I'm not your HRBP, but I'm here in the office. So if you ever need anything, let me know. So he's sitting across from me, across from my desk in my office, right? And then I have a head wrap on that day because Mm. I didn't feel like doing my hair. I had my cute little wrap. And he goes, what's that thing on your head? Is that like religious or is that like, you know, something to do with like your religion or are you wearing it to like be fashionable or what is that? And I looked at him for probably about 60 seconds and took like 40 (laughs) deep breaths. And he just looked at me waiting for an answer. And I said, "Um, this is a head wrap. I said, if you notice... My last name happens to be Nigerian. My husband's Nigerian. So let me give you a little bit of education. Women in all parts of the world, specifically in Africa, wear head wraps as a part of function and fashion, design, beauty, all of these things. And women in America, Black women specifically, often wear head wraps as a part of the same thing. I said, Muslim women typically wear hijabs. And those cover the entire hair. As you can see, some of my hair is exposed around the perimeter. (laughs) You know, I went in on him. Girl, I said, this is not a part of my religion, even though I will say it's inappropriate to ask that, specifically Mm -hmm. at work. Um, Not really your business. But I will tell you that this, for me, is just fashion and function. Any other questions? And he's like, oh, no, that was all the questions I had. So when he left my office... I called his HRBP and I said, this guy, he's a contractor. I told her what happened and she was cool, right? She was Cuban. So, and at the end of the call, I said, and if you ever, if you ever hire him, if I ever see that he's full-time here, I will cuss everybody in this office out. We better not hire him and he better not ever work here full-time. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, let me call his manager and just, you know what I mean? But that was one of, the very last experiences I had and the most disturbing because girl, if I had a knife, I would have stabbed him. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding. <laughs> I mean, and the privilege like for you, you know, taking all that time to respond, you guys are kind of staring each other off and he's not like, Oh, I'm sorry. never mind. He doesn't even read the room or the situation enough to correct no. himself is privilege. <laughs> yeah. He was not nearly emotionally intelligent enough to have corrected himself. And that was another problem. Like, why is he working here? He should be at McDonald's or something like that because he don't even have the skills to communicate with people next to him when he's after he's offended them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what I mean, what advice would you give to people who are still in the world that you left? I mean, some of those things are going to happen. Like, hopefully one day there'll be some type of change to those cultures, but it's probably not going to be in the next five years. You know, anything significant, 10 years even. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to... The woman working at Google, she's making her coin. She's trying to make an impact, but all that stuff is hitting her in the face every day. You know what? As like a black woman working in corporate, 
you do what you can do, but ultimately it's white people's responsibility to break down their biases and figure out how they can change their perspective around what's professional and what's not professional and what authenticity mm. means. Like at the end of the day, you know, once if you have a really great manager, then you can open up to them a little bit about, um, I never recommend being like, you know, I hate my job here and I don't know, I can't be myself and crying in people's mm -hmm. office. You do have to, like, in order to be a leader, you have to demonstrate um, a significant amount of strength and durability. And that's misogynistic, but it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you do have to come off as very poised and efficiently communicate your emotions without breaking down. Break down at home, girl. But when you get into the office, talk about, you know, I really love to be my authentic self or get closer to that here in the workforce. And, you know, I really love my working relationship that I have with you as my manager. And I want to get closer to that. And your manager might be like, how can I support you with that if you have a yeah. good manager? And you might think of a couple of ways to where maybe things have happened in the office that are really you and you've been maybe like called out for it. Like, Jasmine, you weren't smiling in the meeting. And it's like, this is my normal face, Ashley. <laughs> like, I'm actually very happy today. I have a Starbucks. I am. I bought my lunch. I'm very satisfied. How are you? You know what I mean? And it gets people into the like, oh, let yep. me check myself because, mm -hmm. you know, what? I, you just, it's really, it's about having excellent communication yeah. skills. Do you feel like comedy has been therapeutic for you in any way? Having all these experiences, having ones you've yet to even talk about, right? Because they're such a huge deal. And also having to shape yourself and behave every day so that people, like you said, feel like they like you and they want to talk to you at work and, you know, playing that role. You feel like it's a form of therapy? Definitely, because like one thing about my comedy, like on TikTok and stuff, it's pretty clean, but my standup is not clean. I say things that I always, my bio says I say things that women or specifically black women are afraid to say out loud, Yeah, you know? And I love, I love that. That's so freeing about comedy. Like I love talking about our bodies, but not in a sexual way, in a very real way to where hopefully women can relate to it. I like talking about intimacy, but not in a sexual way, like a, a you know, a comic who's trying to like a pick me, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, baby, Let's talk about what really yeah. happens, you know? And it's, it's the same thing with these work experiences. Like I'm, I'm not trying to get anybody to like me when I talk about what's happening at work. I want women who look like me to see it and be like, damn, you too. Dang, I thought I was the only one. I knew I wasn't yeah. the only one, you know? I think comedy is all about, like, just wanting other people, for me it is, just wanting other people to relate to you. So when I get the comments and I'm reading through all the comments and everybody's, like, making jokes or telling their stories or, like, even sad in the comments. Some people get sad watching yeah. my videos. <laughs> I love that because I'm like, yes, Vince, yes, tell me about your experience. And I, I really try to read through all of them. So it's very therapeutic. What comments do you get from white women as, I would say, some of our main perpetrators? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people would assume that I get like a lot of negativity, but I don't. A lot of the white women that follow me, they know what's up. So they're like, oh my God, like they're trying to learn and like recognize if they have never said that then what their friends or coworkers might say and that's cool you know but I don't really create content for white women mm -hmm. to learn like how how what a burden right. that Wouldn't would be, be 
if I, <laughs> yeah, if I'm creating lessons for y'all, like, I'm glad that you learned from it, but I create content so that Black women can relate to it and understand, like, they're not the only one going through that. And hopefully, there are lots of people in power, you know, who are managers and stuff like that, or just advocates who can say, oh, Jasmine actually did a video about this, and that Black women don't like that. <laughs> so let me say something to you, like, after the meeting or in the workplace or something like that. Typically, they're very supportive. I mean, of course, I get comments from white women that tell me this didn't happen or, or you're racist. And I'm like, girl, how can I be racist talking about right, my own right. experience? That would make no sense. <laughs> um, or they just say, oh, my gosh, everything is about race. Sometimes I, have black, I had a black woman DM me this week and say, you just always so negative. Blocked. Well, why are you here? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Don't know. I'm like, she was like, everything you say is so, and I didn't really say anything. I think I posted a story on Instagram where I said, I noticed I was the only black person at the hotel. This hotel I stayed in in Vegas, I was just walking around and I just felt, you know how you just feel your, your heart's just kind of beating like, what is it? And then I looked around and there's just a bunch of cowboy hats. I don't know if it was like some sort yeah. of convention or something. But when you see like a, a, lots of white people in a space, they're they're wearing cowboy hats and like right. I'm from Texas, and it's I was black. like, hold on now. Yeah, I was like, dang, I'm the only black person here. That's why I feel I have to mm. be on alert. And a black lady was like, you're negative. You always. I was like, girl, blocked. I don't even have time to engage with you about this. Like, if you don't understand how I have to be on alert, because you never know. Yeah. You just never know what could happen or whatever. So you just, you're extra aware. So no, most of the comments I get from white people are, are fine. Um, it's just your typical stuff. Oh, you're racist. Oh, you're, uh, you know, this isn't true. And I'm like, eh, it is, but okay. I just block white right. people anyway. <laughs> for your own peace, for your own peace. Because I yeah. mean, it's yeah. great that people love your comedy and are responding to it, but I feel like it's it's your craft. It's about you and for you. <laughs> so if other people love it yeah. and want to come see it and listen to videos, okay, cool. But you're going to do what you want to do. <laughs> and some people have like, I think my husband even said one time, you just block everybody that doesn't agree with you. I'm yeah. like, yes. It's very simple. <laughs> like, they don't have to be here. There are plenty of other right. And we're not talking about pineapple on pizza. We're talking about big issues. And if you don't agree with issues around race, I, I don't, there's nothing left to say. Yeah. <laughs> and honey, if I post something about pineapple on pizza and you don't agree and you DM me five or six you times, block. Yes. I do not care. I do not care. You yes. know? <laughs> well, oh my God. I think. I know you're not trying to teach anyone and you probably, you maybe didn't get into it to make some huge changes, but I think you are. I think it's the way that people learn for any subject. Um, and you're doing a great job. I'd be laughing at Katie, character Katie. And now I don't even say Karen anymore or Becky or all the other names we use. I'd be like, and then Katie said to me, like, that's, I mean, it's yes. a cultural movement. You know, you're changing the language that we're using. And I'm just like, I want to hear more about the crazy stuff Katie is saying. What is she doing over there? What is she wearing? Like, I'm just ready for a full <laughs> character reveal. People love the <laughs> Katie thing, too. It's crazy. But, you know, people be like, is Katie a real person? I'm like, Katie is a real person. She's a metaphor for all of the all of the white women I engage with throughout my yeah. entire life. You know, honestly, I think the Katie thing started from a girl whose actual name was Becca. Oh which is even better, yes. which I should probably start using. 
But it was this girl that was Becca, and she was just, girl, oh, my gosh, the worst. Yeah. You know, the worst. Like, she thought she was woke, oh, too. Wow. She was just the worst for everybody, not just me. Um, And it was just like, oh, I, I, she really, oh, I could not stand her. I could not stand her. Um. So, yeah, that's kind of where it started from my interaction with her. <laughs> and you'd be switching characters so quickly. I'm like, that is such a skill set. I was like, was she an only child where you had to play with yourself so you had to be the different people? <laughs> that's what- okay. No, I have two siblings. My sister is 14 years older than me, though, and my brother's eight years older than me. So I did. I had to I guess I did have to entertain myself a lot. I watched a mm-hmm. lot of TV and my parents are really fun and funny. I'm really just like my dad. Like we'll be talking and he'll do these character voices and he'll yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like we do this, we that's just sort of like a thing that we do because we're kind of crazy. You know, we love making up scenarios and like in our head and stuff like that. So that's where that comes yeah, from. Yeah, I, I love that. I was like, and then she's moving all around. And, and like you said, you just said it's easy for you. Some people can do that, but yeah, it took them days to create that content. So yeah, I love yeah. that. It's just rolling right out of you and that's just your natural way of being that's amazing so yeah i'll be waiting for katie to say something crazy i'll be waiting for you to get a stack of papers and be shaking the paper the papers are everywhere there's always papers i love it just throw the papers in there you just need to do a video where it's the sound of the papers yes i know i know (laughs) so good it's so good so tell us what you have going on next like is there anything you're doing in 2022 you can share with us like you know, on, I'm I'm trying to work on a couple of things, okay. um, but nothing that I don't think I can share, but nothing too big, girl. I'm like, if somebody wants to hit me up, I just think, um, honestly, I'm the type of person that I just go with the flow. It's just mm. so much easier to do my part. Like, I do think I work really hard and, you know, I'm just always receiving new opportunities, especially this year. I'm so thankful, but so much has happened this year. I'm trying to write goals right now for next year, but you know, your goals are never big enough. Like make your goals bigger, Yes. but you know, I don't have anything like super huge or anything, you know, I'm not on a TV show coming up or nothing like that, but it's coming, you know, yeah, I don't have it's anything. Definitely coming. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything huge planned. I'm just excited about what's yet to come, even though I don't know what it is yet. Cause I've had such an amazing year. Like I'm so thankful for everything that has happened this year. And it's just been, it's been crazy. I have this thing where I write down my accomplishments every month. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of like cynical too. I'm kind of like a realist, but like, I'm a little bit negative, you know? So if I don't write down my accomplishments every month, I'll forget. Mm -hmm. So just flipping through, you know, my monthly update in my calendar and just seeing all the things that have happened, I'm like, girl, you good. Like, you know, next year it'll be it'll be great. I have a couple of pretty cool things that I've partnered with, like, Black mm. people on, Black people that I love and respect, and we're trying to finalize some things right now. So that should be cool. But, you know, I'm just trying to keep going and level up and, you know, see what happens. I'm flowing downstream. Okay, you're you're going down that stream quicker, I think, than you think, though. And I know we're supposed to be manifesting things for ourselves, but I think we can help other people manifest stuff for them too. So I'm yeah. I want to be part of your manifestation group. Thank <laughs> um, you, bro. I see big, big, big things happening soon. So I'm so happy to have you talk with our audience today and let people know how they can find you. They need to get caught up on all these videos if they're not. Like, how can they keep up with you? 
Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at J-A-Z-M-Y-N-J-W. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. If you type in comedian Jasmine W um, on YouTube, I do a lot of reaction videos. And I really started doing those because I couldn't do stand-up during the Panasonic. <laughs> so I started, you know, I watch Married at First Sight. I talk about that show. I, I watch Ready to Love on OWN. I talk about that show and I really treat those reaction videos like stand-up. So if you want to laugh and just hear my point of view about marriage, relationships, the show and everything, you can watch those. And I think that's it. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Joy. I have really enjoyed talking to you. There you have it. A look behind Jasmine's viral videos. We love comedians who speak from experience. She talks about dating, friendships, pop culture, and more on her TikTok and Instagram pages at JasmineJW. Let us know what kind of episodes you want to see this season by messaging or commenting on our Instagram page at WorkStories. Remember, that's work with an E. Till next week. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.